I guess I've got to move into the world of technology, haven't I? You know, it's like everybody else. Don't do anything. Piece of paper anymore. <laughs> What's that? <laughs> Shame. <laughs> so. We're approaching a, a pretty important time of year. And um, I don't know how many of you are aware when you kind of think about Christmas and think about uh, the events around Christmas, just how much supernatural activity went on, you know, we always think of Christmas trees or maybe baby Jesus in the manger and all that, but there's lots of angel activity and prophetic things happening around the birth of Jesus. But I want to put a, a, a scripture upon uh, our screens here, and if you're watching on Facebook, you can find it in your Bible. It's the book of Ecclesiastes, chapter 3, verse 11. And the writer of Ecclesiastes um, is believed to be Solomon, who wrote Song of Solomon uh, as well. And he's supposed to be the guy who had some of the most wisdom um, in, in the whole world. Thanks, Jeff. And um, his, his, his outlook on the world was all his vanity. <laughs> By the time he'd concluded what world life was like and what life was about, he came up with this idea that life's just vanity. It's just you live, you die, that's it. Um, but he also says some other things, and this is one of the things that he says um, in Ecclesiastes 3, verse 11. He has made everything beautiful in his time. Also, he has set eternity in their hearts, so that no man can find out the work that God makes from the beginning to the end. The phrase I want to pick up in that um, verse is, he has put eternity in their hearts. That's quite an important part that I want you to hear this morning. I want to talk about what is eternity and what does he mean that it's in our hearts. So lots of people have kind of made comments and uh, uh, on what the scriptures mean. And the pe there's a couple called, and I can't even pronounce their names, Kiel and Dilechk have written um, some commentaries around this verse. And I want to read this to you because I find this absolutely fascinating. It says, God has not only appointed to every individual their purpose and place in this world, a man's consciousness is being made alive and aware of his existence. So these people, as they looked at what was being meant by God has put eternity within us, and every one of us, whether we're watching, whether we're Christian, whether we're non-Christian, whether we're believers or not believers, whatever culture we're from, their understanding behind this is that something inside us is more than just the natural realm that we have. And they said, us becoming aware of that is something that is exposing us to a larger life than the one that we're used to. He also, they also say this, he has established in man an impulse leading him beyond what is temporal towards the eternal. It lies in a man's nature not to be contented with the temporal, but to break through the limits 
which it draws around him to escape the bondage and disquiet within him to thoughts of eternity. Those are great sort of old-fashioned types of words, but what it means is this, that within every one of us, there's this sense of there's something else, there's something more. And that doesn't matter whether you're a churchgoer, a Christian or not a Christian. It appears as if something exists in every human being that says, there's got to be more than this. And there's this sense within us that even the temporal, that which we can taste, touch, see and smell, it's not enough. I I read this week uh, an article um, by, uh, actually, it, it seemed like it wasn't really to do with God. It was to do with medicine and one of the great, uh, what a, a great young man who is sort of doing his thesis towards his medicine degree, writes an article, and in his article he asks the question, says, if man is not just temporal but also eternal, why is all medicine only focused on the temporal realm? Why is everything that we spend focusing only on that which is temporary, when there's an eternal part to who we are. And if you think about what he's saying, I I kind of get it. It's like there's a whole area of consciousness, awareness, reality that we, we don't have any focus on in this world. But it's something that every one of us are connected to. Our innermost wants cannot be satisfied by the temporal realm. How many of us have, have you know, we think, oh, we're going to crack it now. I know the, I know the answer. I'm going to exercise. So, so we start exercising and we build up our muscles and we get stronger and, and fitter. And how b- much better do we feel after we've done it all? Let's, get, let's crack out the double-deckers, you know, because it, it, it did something, but it didn't meet the need. The need somewhere is deeper than that. And, and of course, in a lot of science today and a lot of sort of psychology today, it's like we haven't had our needs met in childhood, you know. I hear that phrase a lot. I use it a lot. You know, the need for love, the need for security. It wasn't met in childhood. But somehow, what is that? What is that that has to meet that need? And why is there nothing in the temporal realm that can meet that need? Because it's something of eternity that's been put within us. Each character in the Bible, from Abraham all the way through to John in the book of Revelation, all came into being, not just part of history, but to fulfill a purpose and a specific time. Now, I don't know whether you see yourself like this or not. Again, I say these comments, whether you're a Christian or not a Christian, whether you're a believer or not a believer, Answering that eternal question that everyone has, why are we here? Right? Just what has brought you and me to this place and why are we here and what's our purpose? And each of these characters in the Bible seem to exist for a period of time to bring a change in history. Is that why I'm here? Is that why you're here? Are you here just to exist in and of yourself for your own pleasure, for your own needs, for your... Or maybe you've touched someone else's life along the way. 
Maybe you've lifted someone else from one state to another. Is that why you were here? Is that temporary or is that eternal? Is that purpose from heaven or is it just, did it just happen? What is going on? Matthew 17, verse 3, there's an instant where Jesus goes up this mountain and it's called the Mountain of Transfiguration. And while he's there, so this is like 2,000 years ago for us, 2,023 years ago for us, but it's like 800 or 2,000 years prior to that that these people who appear in the New Testament come about. Abraham and Elijah appear on this mountain. But if they're dead, and, that, and, and that only the temporary exists, and it's like we're here now and then it's finished, how are these guys here on this mountain, and Peter sees them, and John sees them, and James sees them, because they're part of eternity. You and I are part of eternity. We may not understand that. It may not be something we get. But we all know that something inside us is connected not just with this temporary realm. We all know it. Jesus said in John 8, verse 58, Before Abraham was, I am. So Jesus had this absolute understanding of eternity being something he was part of from the beginning to the end. He knows that about himself. So it doesn't matter 10 years from now, 20 years from now, 30 years from now, he's in it. 50 years in the past, he's in it. 100 years ago, he's in it. Every period of history, he's in it. So we kind of read about Jesus at Christmas, that he came and, he, and he's born, and then we might read about his 30 years on the earth, and then he dies. And, but we can read about him in Genesis. He's there at the beginning. We can read about him in the book of Revelation when everything is finished. He's there at the end. He is eternity. But this scripture, which I read at the beginning, God has put eternity in our hearts. This was written by a man who was trying to make sense of what it is to be a human. And he knew that something existed inside us that connects us to more than just this temporal realm. But I like the definition that was written about that, which was within us there's something that knows the temporary realm cannot meet that eternal need. So I believe that there's a part of us that humanity is connected to that operates outside the five senses, experiences unknown dimensions. What, what, there was a film, wasn't it, about, is it the sixth sense or the sixth dimension or something with Bruce Willis? What was it called? Sixth sense, yeah. And so, so it's like somehow the world knows this but doesn't know how to explain it doesn't know how to put it into words, doesn't know how to explain what's going on. There are times we're all conscious of an atmosphere. Have you ever been into a room and gone, whoa, what's going on here then, you know? There's a bad mood in this place. How are, how are you aware of that? What, what, what part of you is connecting with that, you know? 
Have you, have you ever been to a beach and you're walking along the beach and suddenly you go, oh, it's just so nice. You, or, or standing by a river or you're in a forest or something where you're connected with nature in some way and it's just like, oh, this feels so good. What part of you is connected with that? It's not just taste, touch, smell, hearing. It's like there's an eternal. You see that these trees have been around a lot longer than we have. They've seen it all, you know. But somehow, it's like we're part of this creation. And deep down, we know we're part of this creation. It's very difficult to watch the news, to see the TV, to see the stuff that's going on around the world. And... And just go, ah, forget it. It's like, oh, this is, and they've got, so what you have, you've got people who are agreeing with it, people who are disagreeing with it, you've got people who feel this way, others who feel that way. But all the whole issue is, we're all touched by it. How are we touched by it? Does anybody remember when um, Lady Diana died and the funeral in this country? Does anybody remember the sense that everyone felt it was tangible. But we're only temporary beings. We're only people of a temporary sense. You know, here and now, right this moment, that's all that matters. But something touched us. Now, if you've ever been to a football match, <laughs> right, you can blame the people on the pitch if you want to, but... <laughs> But there's that sometimes there's that real sense of if you're if you're there at, at these places, you're carried along with this wave of depression <laughs> or this wave of ecstasy. You know, and I've literally been to football matches where my team has been losing 3-0 at half time. And I've been there and you just sat amongst a load of miserable, depressed downhearted like it's like oh let's just go home this is this is awful and we're complaining and we're moaning and we're going, they don't know what they're doing you know that's just football <laughs> anyway you know and the referee's not great and all that sort of stuff uh, we're, we're all but we're all kind of in this misery pot together and then we score second half we score and it's like yeah we're still 3-1 down, you know, but we've scored. You know, it's like, and something begins to happen. Something called hope. You ever heard of it? Because we scored another one. And now it's like, even the little kids, they're sort of screaming their head off, come on, come on. And then we get a third. And now, you know, it's like, wow. And we've finished three all. And I think we should have thrashed them 3-0, to be honest. But anyway, three all's a victory. But the point I'm making is, we all went along the depression. We all went, but, but hope came. Is hope part of the temporal realm or part of the eternal realm? Interesting question, even for you who are listening. When something stirs within you, is that stirring from the temporal realm? Or is it from the eternal realm? Hope is one of those things that comes from the eternal. 
there's a number of things, and this is how I want to kind of wrap, wrap this up this morning, is there are some things that belong to the eternal realm. Love is part of the eternal realm. It's why we need it. But every attempt to wrap this up in the temporal way leaves us empty, disappointed, and brokenhearted. It's like we all know we need it, and we're trying to find it in this, that, the other, and this, that, the other is never quite enough to satisfy that need. Look at these verses. I want to just give you a few verses here. John 14, verse 27. John 14, verse 27 says, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you, not as the world gives, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. And on this subject of peace, in Philippians 4, verse 7, it says this, And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. We want peace in this world, but we'll not find it by temporal means. There's a peace that comes that's beyond understanding, that's not natural, that Jesus says, I give to you, not the way the world gives. It doesn't come from the natural realm. It comes from the eternal realm. Jesus himself is called the Prince of Peace. So even within us, in walking our normal everyday lives, we know there's something that can meet our need, but it's not here in this natural place. Romans 8, verses 38 and 39, a well-known scripture for those who are Christians. Romans 8, verses 38 to 39. I am convinced that neither death nor life, nor angels or demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, nor height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation can separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. Look at all those things in that verse. The love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, it says there's nothing can separate you from it. Not even the present or the future. Well, I don't know about you, but any anything that changes in the present or changes in the future seems to affect me. Does not affect you. But here he's saying there is something that comes from the eternal, the love of God that comes from a different place, that your inner being, as we said at the beginning, knows it needs something outside of the temporal realm to satisfy it. The love of God comes from with outside the temporal realm, and nothing in this temporal realm or even in the eternal realm can separate you from it, the love of God talking with someone about that the other day. Do you know what the love of God is? And this person said to me, do you know what? I read lots of scriptures about it. I have great knowledge about it, but I don't know if I'd, I've had the full experience of it. And this is a Christian. And it's like, yeah, 
Because God has put eternity in you that says, you've not quite got that yet, have you? You've not quite experienced that yet, have you? You know about it. Knowing is the temporal realm. Knowledge is the temporal realm. But the experience of the love of God, which comes from the eternal realm, satisfies a deeper place than our minds. We experience temporal moments of of peace and love and joy, but the eternal dimension of who we are isn't satisfied by temporal provisions of these things. What about this verse in Scripture? Matthew 6, verses 19 and 20. In the context of what I'm sharing with you, that there's an eternal side to you, there's an eternal side to me, that is meant to be satisfied by the eternal. Look at this verse from that perspective. Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon the earth, where moth and rust do corrupt, where thieves break through and steal. So we know what that bit means. It means... Don't buy yourself a new car because somebody will nick it. Don't get yourself some expensive jewelry in your house because your burgers will come in and take it. Don't set up treasures on this earth where thieves can break in. But it says, lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust can corrupt and thieves do not break in and steal. That's a side of you, a side of me, that's this eternal part that somehow we can have things that are eternal now. We can be storing them up in our hearts now so that nothing can come and separate us from. The purpose of including that particular scripture is to say to you and to say to me and to say to Christians, to say to non-Christians, to say to believers, And to say to those who are watching, the eternal within you will never be satisfied with just the temporal. I had a a boss who I used to work, who who was um, in the same company I worked for, and he was a very rich man. And uh, he he joined our company, and those of us who were kind of middle managers, as it were, he, he came in as our boss, and... He is very rich. Has two houses, one down on the coast and a a beautiful one out in the country. And he was telling me all about his possessions and the swimming pool in his house in the country. And why he's telling me? But he's telling me. And then he says, but you know what, Tim? He says, it's not enough. He says, I am so sad and miserable. Don't lay up for yourselves treasures. They don't meet the eternal issue. There's an eternal issue within all of us. Oh, all of us who are sat here now would go, I'd take the house. (laughs) I'd take the pool. You know, that's fine by me. A house by the coast, I'd take it. But believe me, it's a temporary realm thing that you might think now, oh, that would solve it. But it's not solving the eternal issues. No one can show you this sort of eternal part within you. It's invisible. 
but something in us knows there's something more. Jesus came from that eternal. It says this in 1 Corinthians 15, verses 48 to 49. 1 Corinthians 15, verses 48 to 49. As is the earthly, such are they that are earthly. That's you and me. As is the heavenly, such are those that are heavenly. That's Jesus. He came from the heavenly. As we've borne the image of the earthly man, Adam, we shall also bear the image of the heavenly man, Jesus. Adam connects us to this temporary realm, but Jesus connects us to the eternal. Jesus didn't come just to take us to heaven after we die. It's what a lot of people think. That eternity is we've died and gone to heaven. Or we've got died and gone to hell, whatever. But eternity is like afterlife. That's what most people think. Actually, Jesus didn't come to take us to an eternal existence after we die, but to connect us to it while we're alive. To bring those things that are of eternity to us now in this natural realm. You see, heaven sa it says of heaven, there's no sickness in heaven. There's no wars in heaven. There's no tears in heaven. There's no sorrow in heaven. What a place. But Jesus come to connect us to those things in our eternal part. So that we may have stuff going on around us, but we can be at peace. We can be isolated and not be loved by anyone, but know we're loved by God. One of the things that happens to those who become Christians, and I'd like you to hear this if you're watching on Facebook, if you haven't already turned off, but anyway. If you're still watching, whoo, good. Um, but I want you to understand, if you're still watching, those people who become a Christian, who have all their life walked with friends, neighbors, in, in a whole different world, and then they become a Christian and they start going to church. And those same friends, those same people ridicule them. They mock them. They even accuse them and abuse them. And That's quite a step to make for someone to become a Christian and then have to face all that. They're still the person they was, but now they're connected to eternal things. And it's what they've been connected to that sees them through that barrage of criticism. That's quite a challenge for those of you, if you're watching, and you're the ones who bring the criticism. It's like, it's a big decision for anyone to become a Christian. Don't be part of this temporal realm that tries to pull that down. Someone sent a, a post, I think it was you, on our church uh, WhatsApp group of a singer in, um, I don't know if it was the British or the American, um, what they call it, the program. What? America's Got Talent, thank you. Not Britain's Got Talent, America's Got Talent. And there's this young la black lad on there singing, and uh, he sings a gospel song. And he sings about 
do you all know those enemies of shame and guilt? And then he sings this, but Jesus came and he died and he rose again and he's dealt with shame. And then he sings his next verse and his next verse is, do you know those enemies of death? He says, but Jesus came and he died and he rose and their death is defeated. And the camera goes into the audience, you know, and I'm sat here thinking, oh my goodness, he's going to get stoned, you know, they're going to... They're going to be going, oh, well, this guy singing about. And people are crying in the audience. People are moved by this young man singing just a beautiful song about the love of God that's come to rescue us. And people, young, old, posh in suits, people dressed the ordinary, like, you know, whatever. And it's like they're just weeping. Because. Without them knowing, God has put eternity in their heart. And they're just beginning to feel it. That this temporary realm can't do what this young man is singing about. And I just want you to, if you, I don't know what, what he was called, but look it up on somewhere. It's beautiful. It really is. Jesus said to the thief on the cross, today... You will be with me in paradise. John 3.16, For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. And that's not after you die. If you believe in him now, you are connected to that eternity that's in your heart, is connected to eternal life. So I'm just going to conclude by saying there's a love that goes beyond the temporal realm. There's a peace that's beyond the temporal realm. A joy that's beyond the temporal realm. And our eternal side that exists within us longs for it. Longs for it. Last verse, 2 Corinthians 5. Oh, computers crashed. 2 Corinthians 5, verse 19. It says this. God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself. God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself. See, when Jesus was here, he wasn't here alone. He wasn't here just as you know, representing his own, his own purpose, his own, you know, church, his own glory. He was here and God was with him. God was in him. Do you know that when Jesus died on the cross, God was in Christ on that cross? Do you know that? Do you know when Jesus was healing the sick, God was in Christ, bringing man back to him? Do you know when Jesus turned the tables and said, Oh, come on, people, we're getting it so wrong. God was in Christ, bringing people back to himself. What if God was in you? What would he be doing in you? For those of us who believe in, in, in Christi Christianity, we believe that God is in us. For God so loved the world, he gave his only son. Whoever believes in him would not perish but have eternal life. God has put Christ 
in us. So if God was in Christ reconciling the world, what's God in me doing? So it's a very interesting question to ask yourself, but the best people to ask are those people who are affected by you. What do they say? Oh, you know what? He's a lovely man. Oh, he's done this for me, he's done that for me, he's done... Somewhere you might not even know what God in you is doing, but he is. Those of us who are born again, God is in you doing his work. I'm going to finish by saying this. God comes to bring to life the eternal part of who you are. This world and, and even myself before I knew Christ, we thought that the temple was life. We thought that the temple was the world. But we've been connected to something far beyond that. We're still in this world. That's true. We're still affected by everything that happens in this world. That's true. But can you answer me a very, very simple question? How many of you have been affected by what's happening in Israel? How many of you have seen it on the TV and just turned it off because I, I, I don't want to see that anymore? Or how many of you have been thinking, oh, this shouldn't happen and this group shouldn't do this and that group should? Yeah? How many of you were affected by what happened in uh, Ukraine? And you watched it and you saw innocent people and you go like oh this this that and we feel this and we feel that how many of you were affected by that how many of you were affected by covid oh and we have a lot of division over that in this world a christian world as well you know oh it's fake it wasn't real or oh man my this one died that hundreds and thousands died oh, we don't think how many of you were affected in some way or other by all the events of covid so my simple question is this. How many of you have been affected by what's going on in heaven? Because we're connected to it. And what's going on in heaven is life. And what's going on in heaven is the love of God. And we can be affected by that and touched by that and changed by that just as much as we can by what's going on in the Ukraine, by what's going on in Israel by what's going on in our own governments, we can be changed when we realize our eternal thing that's within us has a different source. This temporary realm cannot satisfy. God bless you. Thank you for hearing. Can I just pray before we go? So, okay. So if you're listening on, on Facebook still and you're still watching, would you just pray this prayer with me? Father, I thank you that you made us more than just our temporal reality. And that sometimes it's that very deep thing within us that recognizes there's more. That this world is not enough. Father, I pray for those who are watching, for those who listen, for those who are here that we would be touched by the eternal. 
And Jesus came to connect us to the eternal. Father, forgive us where we have ignored you, where we have rejected you, where we have dismissed you. And we ask you, Jesus, through the Holy Spirit, come into our hearts, into our lives. Connect that eternal part of us to you. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Thank you so much.